This is the Kawabui Show. Kawabui is an author, international speaker, and entrepreneur. He started his first business selling music CDs in high school at the age of 16. He then went on and built several businesses. He is the founder of River Design, a marketing company that helps businesses get more exposure online and offline. He has appeared on TV, radio, newspaper, and magazines from around the world. He has written and published several books and created various products. Kawabui is also an international speaker, corporate trainer, and speaks on topics of business, entrepreneurship, motivation, health, marketing, online business. You could check out his blog site at www.kowa-bui.com. And now, your host, Mr. Kowa Bui. Mr. Kowa Bui. Hey everyone, it's Kowa here. And in this podcast, I am pleased to introduce you to Eddie Darlene. Um, Eddie, he started off working in McDonald's a few years later. He managed to own over 10 properties. He, he just keeps on adding more properties to his portfolio. I'll ask him a lot of questions on how he bought his first property, learn a lot about real estate, how to build up a property portfolio, and also how to think like a property investor. So you too could possibly own a uh, portfolio just like Eddie did. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Eddie Dalene. Thanks. Oh, there we go. Cool. Yeah, nice, nice. How are you going? Yeah, very well. Very well. A little bit late, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry to do this a uh, bit late for you. So, um, no, yeah. that's that's all right, mate. Yeah. I'm usually up till very, very late anyway. But yeah, yeah always hustling. Right. Always hustling. Yeah, I see. I see your emails that, that get sent out. So you're very busy, man. Um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, like what you're doing, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, likewise, mate. I saw your. Uh, I've watched a lot of your stuff. I saw your recent one with Grand Cardone. It was massive, massive. It was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was. Um, because he, he was organizing a tour around um, around the world. And then, you know, he said that he was coming down to Australia. And then I reached out to him and then he said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then, you know, went to his, um, went to his place in um, Double, Double, Double Bay. And um, mm. yeah, it was beautiful. It was really nice. So yeah, it was really good. Would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Eddie, um, I really appreciate your time today. And um, yeah, I've been really looking forward to, to interviewing you. You're like... Um, a re- you've got a really amazing story on on how you uh, built your property portfolio. You're still very young, and um, yeah. you know you've got a lot of attention through through what you're doing. So you know I'm really happy to get you on the show, and I really appreciate your time today. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's awesome to be here. I'm you know, really uh, excited to be here. So yeah. yeah, awesome, cool. All right, so um, so people know you as you know a property investor. You've got a portfolio of properties. But, um, but before we get into all property investing and everything, I think initially you used to, your background, um, I think you grew up in Western Sydney, right? And then mm. you had a, your first job at Macca's. So could you tell us a bit about that? What happened there? What was the story there? Yeah, definitely. So I, I did grow up in Western Sydney. I grew up in um, the outer rings of Western Sydney and mm. the suburb that I grew up in was called Mount Druitt. So if anyone knows or heard of that area, it's pretty, uh, uh, lower socioeconomic area, I guess. Pretty, yeah. pretty scary. Um, growing up, I grew up with a single mom and a pension. The mm. poorest person, pretty much, I knew at the time. Yeah. Uh, no one, my, no one in my family owned a property at all. No. So, okay. Mum and dad broke up. Mum's only source of income was on the pension. So yeah. we lived in housing commission. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty yeah. tough times, basically. And yeah. but that was the the driving factor behind the whole thing I've done, basically not having a you know home to call my own. Yeah. And 
going to school, all my friends would, yeah, I knew one day they were going to inherit their family's properties and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah. if something doesn't change now, if I don't do something drastic, then yeah, yeah. this whole thing's just going to keep on going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got a, I was still in school. I got my first job when I was like 14 years old. Uh, so worked 14, at McDonald's. Like, wow, incredible. Yeah, so yeah. I, back then, coming from a really, I guess, poor neighborhood and you know, poor family kind of thing, I don't even know what university was. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. wasn't even on the radar. Yeah, so yeah. it was a totally different world, and okay. yeah. So I worked at McDonald's, and it was just at the age of like 15, 16, I was like, you know what? No one owns a property in my house. I can see from you know reading books and all that kind of stuff, which I forced myself to do because I was horrible in school. But I realized that if you want to create wealth, if you want to get you know make money in the long term, so you're not having to struggle for the rest yeah. of your life, mm-hmm. you got to own some property. So yeah, yeah, that, that's where my um. Uh, when I first started getting interested in property, I was like 15, 16 and I saved up a deposit working at McDonald's yeah. and I bought that first investment property at 18. So okay. yeah. That, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, so, so you grew up in Mount Druid and then, um, so you looked throughout your surroundings and you weren't too happy with it. So you would say that that would be like the, the key driver for you. You do, you don't want to live like this anymore. Right. But therefore you started learning about property and everything. Is that, is that, pretty much the progression there oh definitely it was a lot of pain and frustration like um you know mum found it very very hard to put food on the table half the time like we grew up in the old worst moldy old house kind of thing that was just housing conditions welfare basically um so that just it frustrated me a lot frustrated Mm. myself a lot growing up and that kind of lit the, lit the fire. And then, you know, 17, 18, I was like, what can I do to make money? Because I don't know how. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, not my family even had a job, really. So. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Um, uh, there was no mentors or anything like that? Or you just, um, you just okay, <laughs> amazing, okay. <laughs> so, so you got a job at Macca's, right? Um, what were you doing at Macca's? Uh, just, just working in like... Just cashier, basically, flipping burgers and drive-through. <laughs> okay. um, I, I worked at KFC as well. KFC, yeah. okay. Yeah, so at the age of 18, like finally I finished school. I just like breezed, well, I didn't breeze by school, but like I made it through school somehow. I didn't yeah. really, probably got the worst grades out of everyone. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and then I got a full-time job. So I got yeah. full-time jobs. I was working... Um, in like administration somehow I was like 18 okay. year old kid working in administration mm. just didn't know what I was doing very under minimum wage yep, and okay. um, I was working at McDonald's at the same time and saved that deposit yep yep and I think you used to work as a um, work in the bar as well like you, you had a second job working as a barman as well it's incredible yeah I've worked at like four different RSL pubs and all that kind of stuff just yeah. pouring beers behind like the um, <laughs> just do whatever you know, it takes right Hundred percent. Yeah, I work full time, and then mm. after that, I would also work at at, at a bar, just um, pouring beers, trying to make as much money. So I do yeah. seventy, eighty, hundred hour weeks kind of thing to okay. just try to save deposits. And okay. nowadays, they, I don't do that anymore. But okay, it's yeah, I definitely yeah. remember it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was your vision, right? You had the the real estate vision. You want to build a property portfolio, so you started working in, in jobs like that to to save up the deposit, right? Okay, so what was it like um, when you, what, what did you do to get that first property? What, what did you do? So you, you were saving and was it when you saved the right amount, that's when you started looking or were you already looking? What happened then? Yeah, I was already looking on, on real estate and domain and just online and going to different, it wasn't really going into 
opens or anything like that. But I was looking online from the age of like 16, 17, when I was first started saving and I was just, just always scrolling. I was one of the people and I, I speak to a lot of people today that they're always yeah. scrolling real estate and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Property. Yeah. Um, but I was doing that from like 16, 17. So by the time 18 hit, I did have around about 18 to $20,000 because I saved for like two years. So it wasn't yeah. much in over yeah, two yeah. years. It was like $200 a week. And yeah. I think anyone could do that. Like, <laughs> it requires a lot so, of discipline. You got that discipline there. That's really admirable, mate. So, yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. Um, so I finally started looking at at, um, at properties, and even at, in Western Sydney where I lived, property prices were still very expensive compared to what I made at the time. Mm-hmm. I spoke to different mortgage brokers and banks, and I just tried to educate myself by trying wow. to figure stuff out because mm. I couldn't. I couldn't turn to my mum because she didn't own a property. I couldn't turn mm-hmm. to my brother cousins very very small family because my family originated from america okay um so it's pretty much just like five of us in australia and no one owns a property so who else would i speak to yeah yeah that's incredible really yeah wow so basically a lot of self-education really and eventually i got a pre-approval through st george bank and it was very very small all they could lend me was like one hundred and fifty thousand, basically and Mm. i looked for a property in my local area and I couldn't afford anything in my local area. So I looked outside. I, um, we used to go holidaying at the central coast around the entrance about an hour and a half out of Sydney. Okay. And I was like, that's the only other place I know. Let me look yeah. there. And I found that yeah. I bought a two bedroom unit there. Okay. And that's been rented out ever since. Okay. Um, okay. So, so you saw the, so you saw the property and then you just put an offer in and then you just bought it and, and that was it. Like, um, what, what was what going through your mind when you first bought the first property? Like what would, you know, were you thinking about, okay, if this were to fail, what would you, what was your thinking process behind that? Because I'm, I'm, I know that a lot of people are so scared about buying, right? The first property. I'm just curious how you overcame all that type of stuff. Mm, I was very terrified, but I was also pretty excited. Okay. Um, I kind of, even to this day and back then, I even just simplified it. I was like, wait a minute, this property's already rented out. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, I bought it for like 138,000. It's so cheap looking back at it. I wish I bought 10 more of those exact ones yeah, at the yeah. time. You still, uh, you've still got it, right? Still got it. Yeah, nice. still got all, all, all 20 properties I've got. Um, so I bought it for 138,000. It was even back then, this is like 10, 11 years ago, probably. Yeah. It was running for 220 per week. Okay. So, but that covered enough basically to cover things like council rates, water rates, mortgage and that kind of stuff. So I was like, it's covering itself more or less. Yeah, it, even yeah. if I, and even if the tenant moves out and runs away or does something scary like that, it's small. I just did this best thing I think possibly just starting small and then you can go big later on. Yeah. Especially okay. when you're young. Yep. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So you took that chance, took a leap and you held on to the property. You're still working at Macca's and, and, and other places, right? Just to help support. Okay. Amazing. Okay. And then um, what about the second property when you move on to the second property? I think there was a bit of a gap there or something or what happened there? What did you do? Yeah, definitely. So mm. I probably took about a year and a half off just because I didn't, I thought that was my life goal basically buy the yeah, first property. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Yeah. My expectations were like, ah, I just relax now. So that was probably one of the year and a half or two years that I just didn't do anything. I actually regret not doing that. Okay. Um, because I, I just didn't have my information right. I thought that buying a property, I'd be set, and buying property ain't you know making anybody yeah. set really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I know that now, but back then I was like, oh, I'm set now. But so I didn't do anything for about a year and a half. Um, just did the you know thing you do, go out party when you're younger and stuff like yeah. that, waste money. 
But yeah. after that, I look for other properties around the local area. And at the time when my mum and dad basically broke up, he, my father was living in South Australia and yeah. I would go visit every now and then. The properties were extremely cheap back then. It was another eight, nine years ago. Okay. So I would look at a few properties here and there and mm -hmm. notice how incredibly cheap they were and how high the rental yield was, mm. how high the cash flow was on that. And I was like, even though I'm young, yes, these are going to grow over time. They're not, you know, maybe they're not going to have super capital growth as an example, but they're going to grow over time, just like everything will. So I was like, mm. that seems like something more fundamental that I can get into. And yeah. I bought a second property there, which was a bank repossession. Okay. The bank had repossessed it from the previous owner. Mm -hmm. um, and so I managed to always stick to the three key factors, which I do now, mm. which is buying with high yield, buying for capital growth, but also buying under market value. So mm -hmm. really yeah. under what it's worth. So you're making instant equity kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you said that you look up, um, it was a bank repossessed uh, property and that's how you were able to, to get it. So you tend to look up directories and stuff like for repossessed properties and inquire there or is it through referrals or? Um, yeah. it's, it's a lot, a lot of through in the beginning was just a lot of luck and trial and error and yeah. like always looking at properties and mm. being on real estate night kind of stuff, like 16 hours a day going, going yeah. crazy about it. But that one was actually listed through a real estate agent on through Harcourts okay. and they only, they hadn't had it online yet, but mm. I was speaking with that particular agent and just happened to be in the right time, the right place. Wow. Speaking with Incredible. a bunch of agents trying to find properties is like, there's a bank repossession coming up. Yeah. let me show you this and then yeah. that's how it originated it was just because of this talking to so many different people at different times yeah 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 what would be like the percentage um drop of, of the um the property that you purchased would it be 30 percent under market value or would it be um yeah, at, at that cost? time yeah um i'd say that was probably anywhere between 15 to 25 percent below yeah. what comparable sales are at like mm. i probably could have done a lot better knowing what i know now as everyone does <laughs> yeah, yeah but you're but learning yeah time, it was yeah. just learning and I, I, with every experience with every property i purchased i gained more knowledge and more and more and more that and especially mm. more than anything's going to teach you such as like a uh, going to school or anything like that yeah, like that doesn't yeah, teach yeah. you anything yeah, so, so you probably got really inspired by watching YouTube videos and reading books and stuff, and then you just took action, and then that's how you learned, just accelerated your learning, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Reading like property investment books and all that kind of stuff, and even though a lot of the ones I was reading were like from 15 years ago, when yeah. the market was different, but yeah. it all helped. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, great. And um, okay, and eventually um, you wrote a book called uh, 10 Properties by 25. Right. Um, could you tell us yes. a bit about that book there? Yeah. So it was um, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I cannot <laughs> barely, I didn't do really well in school, so I can't really write, can't really read very well. It's crazy. Well, <laughs> I can't believe but, it. Um, like you went through all this stuff and like you were able to, you know, build all this property book. It's just amazing. You know, it's, mm. yeah. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. So I started writing that book uh, and because a lot of, a lot of everyone, as soon as I hit probably number six, I'd say, and I was like 23 years old or 24 or something like that. And then I hit seven, eight, nine, ten. I got, I went in through a different like uh, property investor magazines and all that kind of stuff that was out yep. there. And then I, from there that led to a few like TV interviews on channel seven and channel nine and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then everyone was just saying, basically everyone was contacting me about what, what did I do, et cetera. So in the initial of the book, I just basically 
wrote that book as an ebook and I didn't even charge for it. I was like, this is just to help anyone else that's out there yeah. that might've been in a similar situation myself that we just didn't, you know, have anyone around them at all. So I basically yeah. just, I wrote a book and um, it was basically just the whole story when I went from, got 10 properties in my portfolio by 25 years old. Mm. And um, hopefully I'll do another one soon now that I hit 20 properties by 28, but yeah. <laughs> we'll wow. see. And what's your future goals? Uh, obviously aiming for the 100, obviously. Yeah. Before, yeah, definitely. Before uh, 35 maybe or something. <laughs> maybe even faster. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Oh wow! Definitely, I, I think so. It's just going to keep going, I think. And um, mm. you know, you know, listen to like podcasts like yourself, where you interview people, and some of those people that you know, like Grant Cardone, got like thousands of properties. So like, I'm yeah, like, oh, wow, yeah, twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like what. Um, yeah, speaking of Grant Cardone, like I've been, um, yeah, obviously a big fan of him, and I listen to a lot of his stuff. And he said he talks a lot about buying um, uh, properties that have many doors, because I think the first property he bought was it was just a single family home. And then um, he felt really good. He bought it, but but the problem is that when the tenant moved out, he didn't have any income. So then he had to you know keep paying for it, and he just couldn't handle it. But then now he just keeps on buying mm. properties that have multiple doors. That's one of his criterias. So if like fifty percent vacancy, then you know he's still got the other fifty percent, right? So um, there's a lot of strategies. And, and Hugh, like, do you do the same thing as well? You have multiple doors, or you just you know have multiple tenants in one house, or, or just you probably have a different strategy, don't you? Um, yeah, a little bit like the, some yeah. of the more recent properties I bought, they're, they're like dual, dual properties. So you've yeah. got like uh, two properties on the one title that are basically one house and there's a divided wall kind of thing. So yeah, I've yeah. got a couple of properties, but initially there were just single dwellings, like single houses and townhouses and that kind of stuff. Mm. Because I, I guess he, he's obviously buying it in America and I definitely want to buy, start buying in America as well because it's oh, just really? really, yeah, I just realized that, well, I didn't, I've always... I finally actually looked at the paperwork after 28 years and I actually am an American citizen also. So yeah, I should, yeah. hopefully that will allow me to buy more buy properties in, in America as well. Yeah, okay, that'll be good. Yeah. Hopefully. I haven't really looked into it much yet, but yeah. um, because I'm not a data from America, apparently yeah. I've seen paperwork that I could, should be able to hopefully go there and buy a property. But, um, mm. Yeah, definitely. Like, But the, some of the properties I've got, and I eventually will buy unit blocks because I think he's bought unit blocks and things that are like 20 you know, 50 properties at a time. They yeah. just require, in the beginning when I was buying two, three, four, they require a lot more capital, those big, bigger chunk deals usually. So mm. instead of with banks, as an example, instead of doing 10 or 20, they might require 30 or 40% deposit. So now yeah. I could probably do that. But in the beginning, I'd probably be like, uh, I think I'd probably be a bit scared. Yeah, or, or wouldn't be able to maybe back then. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's, that's amazing. Okay. Um... Let's have a look at, um, I'm curious about your mindset as well, because we spoke a bit about the fear side of things when you purchase investment property, but also when you were growing up, um, there was that, you know, looking around you, you didn't have many mentors, you didn't have many friends that were doing these type of things. So you had to get this information yourself, try it out and everything. And there's a lot of social pressure that's pushing you down to, you know, stay, stay normal, right? But you went out and broke past that. So what would your... Um, what would your advice be in terms of overcoming that social pressure, like getting out from your surroundings and stuff? Because, you know, as you know, a lot of people, you know, can drag you down, right? But you seem to rise, rise above it and, um, you know, achieve this amazing thing. So what is it? I think it's a combination of things that happened for me. Like when I was, I remember when I was first started working mm. and 
I, I'd listen to people that were older than me. And when I, especially about the property side of things, I'd be like, oh, I want to buy property. And the only thing they ever said was, I wish I bought property when I was younger. I wish I did yeah. this when I was younger. So I was like, if everyone's regretting doing that, then clearly that's something to avoid. Mm. But I guess a lot of people don't think to ask or they just focus too, too much on right now. Whereas I guess growing up for myself from a really, really poor family and having those struggles, I'd always like, all right, I want to enjoy now as everyone else does, but I also want to make sure that if this is a crap situation in right now, I don't want to yeah. be in the same situation in five years. So trying to just have one eye on the future as well. Mm. Um, but also obviously enjoy the present, that kind of thing, but mm. just really prepare for the future because you don't want to be in the same position in three, four years and just live with regret. Regret's probably the worst thing. Um, yeah. You know, I've heard other people say that as well. Like you don't want to be that person in five, 10 years time and saying, I could have done this. I could have done that. Yeah, and just yeah. hating yourself kind of thing. So yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and how about um, dealing with like fear when you're investing and everything? Like you seem very calm. So would you consider yourself like when you're investing in property, um, would you become like, emotional if you lose a lot of money or would you just you know accept things and just like come up with a solution to that like how, how would your response be it's definitely evolved over the years in the beginning it was basically like i would get very emotional when something would happen let's say a hot water heater breaks or something yeah. breaks in the property okay and i'll be like oh you know i don't have money to pay for this and all that kind of stuff and i'd just be one of those people just fly off the handle and get okay. very upset and angry and you know pissed off and that kind of stuff but yeah. now it's just yeah sorry about it like just yeah. fix it move on go to the next one focus mm. on growth and you're going to have problems yeah. along the way but now it's just i try not to let the, the small stuff phase me anymore because no yeah. matter what you do in life i think and you're going to have issues that come up yeah and yeah. so you got to take the good with the bad but as long as you just keep focusing on the next one now every time i'm buying one i'm just like all right even though it hasn't even finished settling yet, mm. I'm already thinking about the next one. I'm not yeah. even thinking about it. that's old news. Awesome, so. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, cool. And um, all right then. So I think I heard on another podcast you were talking about um, different buying criterias when, when you're buying properties, right? I think there's um, you look at market cycles per each, per each um, for each state. Is that true? Mm. Like you look at different market cycles for Sydney and and Perth and everything. So that obviously changes for each state and then that's how you enter and everything. Is that one of your buying criteria? Oh, definitely. If we look at Australia as a, as a whole, as an example, and this is where a lot of people get it wrong, I believe, and a lot mm. of property economists see it the exact same way. So I definitely believe I'm right in this, in this yeah. area. Like yeah, yeah. Australia is definitely not one property market. A lot of people say, oh, the market's going up, it's going down and that just doesn't, it frustrates me so much because every single state has a different market that's doing different things at different mm. times. So like, as an example, I've really studied the markets and look back what's happened over the past 15, 20, 30, 40 years and the different cycles of growth cycles and then plateau and different phases it's gone through. Mm. So, and I've looked at what's happened in different states, mix that with also what's happened over the past 30 years of different states and how much they've grown in percentage wise yeah okay. so what i've found usually you've got you know states the two biggest as an example sydney mm. melbourne they'll go at different times then once they're in that plateau that plat plateau kind of phase yeah others start to rise like you had tasmania that's gone through a recent 
property cycle as well that just came out of nowhere mm. and then you've also got brisbane that a lot of people are investing in right now because it's kind of been held back since the gfc so mm. usually when i feel when one's flat the other one is rising mm. and you i feel that you always want to buy before a boom not after it which makes yeah, sense yeah yeah you want to get it when it's at the rock bottom and most property investors they only think very short-sighted i think they think what's happened the last five years Mm. And if it's had growth the last five years, it's going to have growth the next five years mm, in okay. the same kind of thing. Whereas I, it's not like that, from my opinion. Mm, you know, some yeah. of the best times to grow for that growth cycle is right after a plateau or in a weak period of the market. Yeah. Okay. So you're pretty good at timing things um, where you've, you've analyzed the statistics and the trends already. And therefore, you, you've, got a, you've got a pretty good gist of it of um, when, you know, when, when it's plateauing and then that's when you enter the market. Okay. Oh, definitely. I've been living and breathing like property and just looking at properties when the, how much they've sold for at what times and yeah. what they're rented out for going through this, like just, yeah, night and yeah. day basically. So okay. if you look at even Sydney and Melbourne, everyone thinks Sydney and Melbourne is huge growth yeah. Uh, yeah. states as an example, right? Sydney and Melbourne, the, the real growth really started happening around 2013, 14. Okay. And well, then it's what? A com combination of things. It was held back since the GFC for quite some time. You had population mm. growth, interest rates started to grow down as well. Like I started buying and they were like 7%, now they're like 3%. Oh, wow. So a combination of things, mm. um, supply and demand, etc. But they have gone through that cycle between 2013, 14 to 2017-18 okay. and then been pretty much dead flat since, or they've gone down even a little bit and now they've mm. kind of gone up and they're basically in that plateau phase. Yeah, so yeah. if you actually rewind the clock back and you, and you stand in Sydney in 2013 and you look backwards, the previous five years or seven years before 2013, mm -hmm. dead flat, not much at all going on. Mm -hmm. So if you're one of those people back then that said, oh, look at the last five years, that's mm -hmm. going to forecast the next five years. So don't buy it in Sydney or Melbourne. Mm. would have missed the entire growth cycle yeah yeah definitely definitely i've been looking at the um the perth market i've got a um just only good just got a townhouse in in perth and um after 2015 oh everything just started crashing i lost so much value from the house and um, oh, wow. yeah 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 yeah. so yeah but I, I don't know i get a feeling it might might go back up in the next few years you know might rebound and stuff so would you consider yeah. perth to you know that there's a potential of rebounding or yeah, I've definitely started looking. I think in the next couple of years, we'll definitely see a, a bit of bit of rebound there for sure. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a combination of what I look at at the moment is the yield as well. What are the gross yields in a lot of the metro areas? So mm. if you're at, if you're within say 25 minutes drive, yeah. right? Mm. Uh, let's put a circle around Perth, 25 minutes out. What are the rough yields you can find for houses and townhouses? within 5Ks to 35Ks out. In Brisbane market right now, it's the third largest capital city. So you've got about 2.5 million people there-ish. Mm, and then you've mm. got, it's very close to the Gold Coast. You, you know, yeah. you're 45 minutes away. Then you've got half a million there. So that whole kind of region, you've got 3 million plus or more mm. and 4 million in Queensland, which mm. is the third largest capital city. But the yields there are massive right now. When the growth starts to really rise over the next two, three, four years, the yield just shrinks as it has in Sydney and Melbourne. But right now is like, I think it's a really amazing time to be buying when a lot of people are scared about this whole Corona thing. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Interesting.
Cool. Okay. Um, all right then. So I've got a few questions from um, from some of my listeners as well. Um, so this one came from Jamal, and he says that um, when you first started, did you um, find properties yourself, or did you get any help to do it, or, or was it just all you? Yeah. So it was completely myself, basically. Like mm -hmm. I, when I was eight, eighteen, basically finding my first property, there was no one around me. I didn't know anyone. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. know. It wasn't even, I don't even remember YouTube being around back then. It probably was, <laughs> yeah. but it was probably very, very new. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't back in, this is 2010-ish. I don't think there was any podcast back around then either. No, maybe. I don't think so, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. Since then, it's pretty much been all myself. Just now. Yeah, I've read yeah. property investment books. I have, you know, tried to speak to people when I had maybe three or four. Mm. Maybe a mortgage broker might have had five or six. Mm. But even then, a lot of it's you just got a trial and error and if someone has you know 5 10 15 20 then take their advice but i used yeah. to take advice of as an example a mortgage broker one time okay. i was up to like six seven properties and someone referred to me to this mortgage broker said he's the best mortgage broker he's been yeah. in the game 20 years he'll get you the lowest he'll save you to make you the most money etc he had like two properties and I, like now looking back at it now he wouldn't know how to structure a portfolio of 15, 20 properties. Wow. So I, now I just have to I realize you have to qualify everyone you use, whether it's mm. a broker, an accountant, or whatever. I actually got to just tell them to cut the shit and say, how many properties do you have? Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree. Yeah. 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 Because so, um, it's always about the, again, the quality advice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like fine, I saw financial advisors before, mm. and I was like, this guy's like my age. He's he's got his degree. Yeah, exactly. He hasn't done anything. So like, yeah, what are yeah, they yeah. going? He's like, yeah. you want to buy life insurance? I'm just like, <laughs> they're just there to tell you life insurance. So like these financial advisors, you can have all the credentials, you can have all the book smarts and university degrees in the world, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I love how it is. Yeah, I love it yeah. how you just cut through the crap and you just like, you know, you need to see the credentials. I think that's another thing that Greg Cardone talks about as well. You know, always mm. it's a mistake a lot of people make is that they don't ask for proof. People's too scared to ask for proof, but you know, show me the proof. You know, how many properties do you have? It's like uh, if you go to the gym and you want to get personal trainer, but the guy doesn't have, you know, abs or whatever it is. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I remember telling that to like a lot of people. So they're using the same example. Like, you're going to yeah. take the advice from like Arnold Schwarzenegger, or you're going to yeah. take advice from like this guy that doesn't have any muscle or has a unit. Exactly. Fitness degree, like exactly, I'd listen yeah. to the champ, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, all right then, cool. Um, all right then. So, um, what about tenants as well? Like obviously, you'd hire a property manager to to get the tenants for all your properties and everything. Like that's pretty much the process, the standard process there for for all your properties. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. I've always used a property manager. I've never even tried to prop manage the properties myself. I've never even spoken to one of my tenants directly before. Okay, actually, it's like okay. all emotion out of it. Love so it. yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout the like last years, I've just been heavily involved in like the buying property, having a property buyers agency. I've even started a property management company over the last few years as well. So now in different state in brisbane at the moment they yeah. just manage all my properties and clients properties and things like that yeah okay no worries then cool cool um okay and i think um you're currently you've got a few workshops um that you conduct in you know within australia is that is that right yeah and you teach people how to invest in properties yeah. 
Yeah, occasionally. So we'll do basically, um, generally it's a very rare server, but generally it's a one-on-one kind of meeting where I'll sit okay. down with people like investors that want to invest in property. And mm. I used to, I've been to all the this seminars. Wise, wise like, agency, oh, right? Is that Correct. Your, yeah. 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 Mm, mm. yeah. So I've got, I've got a property wise agency and I've also got, we also have basically the, the component where people just sometimes want to get guidance. Maybe they want to learn more about property investing, but they actually want to sit down, you know, not with a financial advisor, but yeah. with someone that's a bad bought property. Mm. So that's where I'll just sit down. We'll have a generally, you know, friendly chat and just talk all things property and really outline, you know, a guide on how to grow my portfolio, what I've learned about finance, property mm. market structure, how can you use a strategy to then grow that portfolio and really scale it up big? Yep. Um, but yeah, it's generally just one-on-one. Yep, like okay. That. And you're open to mentorships as well. Like if someone wants to hire you, um, you know, as a coach to, to, you know, walk, you know, walk them through how to buy the first property and, and build a portfolio, you're open to that as well. Um, I'm definitely open to it. I haven't actually done like any physical mentoring programs or anything like that before. Mm. Uh, we've got the property buyers agency side where a lot of people that if they're like busy professionals and they don't physically have the time, maybe they've yeah. got wife, kids, family, and they don't want to be out there knocking on doors and going open homes and flying to different states all yeah, the time. Yeah. They'll just use the property buyers agency because if they get access to something that's off the market, a bank for possession, and if they physically say they're buying something that is... 50,000 below what it's worth. Mm-hmm. That's invaluable. So they'll just, you know, use yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I think I saw one of the emails that kept, um, got sent out and um, you had the property price there and it had the, the amount of rent that you were expected to pay for it. And it's really good as well. It's, it's um, you got a really good high yield in terms of the rent as well. So, um, it's good how you offer those opportunities and, and people can see it and then you know, they can make a decision as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. All right then. So, um, okay. What if you were to, uh, one of my favorite questions is what, what happens if let's say that you were to step inside a time machine, push a button and go back maybe about 10, 15 years. Uh, what would you say to your younger self? Um, well, that's a little bit of a hard one. <laughs> Do the same thing. <laughs> buy more property. Buy, buy, buy more property. Yeah, yeah that's a dumb question. <laughs> but, like, I definitely say, like, just just go for it because I, I tell my younger self, just go for it. Buy as many properties as you can. Um, take more risk because looking back on it now, like I think everyone gets will get to the end of the run one day and say I could have done better, and that's just everyone's going to do that. Um, but, you know, especially with, like, if a person's got that really competitive drive and they just want to continue bettering themselves, and even if people, you know, I'm sure there's, there's lots of people going to listen to this podcast. Mm. And the fact that they're doing that is a really, really good sign because it means they want to better themselves. It means that they want to learn more and, you know, grow their, their self so that they can get to bigger and better places in the future. So yeah. everything's going to work itself out, basically. I'd also, you know, <laughs> say yeah. everything's going to be that's awesome. Yeah, you're a true inspiration, to, to be honest. I mean, like, what, look at what you've achieved. You know, you, you started off in, in Maccas and you, you're really driven. You saved up a lot of money by working two jobs, stashed all the money, and you, you took a leap of faith and you bought your first property and then you built it up. And yeah, um, and you kept educating yourself. It takes a tremendous discipline and you're really frugal as well, I think. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of effort to be frugal and, and there's a lot of temptation out there, isn't there? So, <laughs> I think that's one of the secrets to success, right? To be frugal, yeah? Definitely in the beginning. Like there Mm. was, I had like 
nine properties that was on TV a bunch of times or like 12 properties. And I was driving around like a Ford laser, you know, it was <laughs> nice. like, I love it. it was all, yeah, no one knows. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of other people have done that as well. Like I've heard before Grant Cardone's done that too. So like a lot of people have done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how you get ahead. You know, you don't go off and buy a flashy car right away. You leave that for later. Yeah. 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 Yeah, speaking of Grant, like I think he's got um, Cardone Capital at the moment. I'm not sure how that whole whole thing works. I think um, he's got a, a conglomerate of all these properties, and I think you invest and then get a certain return and everything. Are you thinking about doing something like that in the future? Having your own little capital thing, or we'll see what happens? Or I've got to learn more about it. Definitely, yeah, I think there's yeah. a lack of, lack of information there that I've just yeah. yeah I've been too focused. I've been focused on stuff, and I've, I'm trying to keep learning as well. Yeah. Um, well, I'm definitely going to learn more about it for sure. Yeah, awesome. Cool, cool. All right, then. So, how can um, people get in contact with you and find out what, what you're up to and, and you know, invest in your courses and, and you know, your, your training and stuff? Yeah, definitely. So, um, they can contact me if they, even if they, if they just Google my name, Eddie Delane, it should pop up with my website. Um, they can reach out on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Instagram. I'm on all that kind of stuff and always like mm -hmm. talking to, you know, people that are inspired and want to invest in property and just you know want to get ahead in life yeah definitely all right eddie i really appreciate your time today um you know it's true honest to interview you and um yeah i really appreciate you know you sharing the wisdom and i wish you all success for your future endeavors and you know i uh, look forward to seeing your big property empire in um, no time as well so congratulations to all of your success thanks so much it's been yeah. amazing to be here i really yeah. appreciate it no worries thanks eddie cool